Hi, intuitive listeners. It is so good to be back here on another podcast with you. Thank you for being here. Today, I have a very special friend and soul fam member, Blake, joining in to talk all about living life on the road and how to follow intuition. He shares a very real and challenging example of a tragic accident that happened to him last year where his life literally flipped upside down and had to start all over. It's a really, really exciting story of redemption and how to fully accept all that life offers us and allow intuition to guide us. I hope you enjoy. Blake calling in from Flagstaff, Arizona, right? Yep. Yep. I'm inside my camper parked in the street of Flagstaff, bumming Wi-Fi from a tea shop. Um, <laughs> but I think it's okay because I buy tea there almost every day. So There you go. Life on the road. Blake and I met out in Bend, Oregon last year. We met on Hinge, actually. I always like forget that little detail. <laughs> Me too. Um, we met on Hinge and then have been friends for a little over a year now. It's so interesting. It's like to put a year on it feels so wild because like the depths of our friendship have been so beyond. Um, Blake and I met in April and within like three weeks of knowing one another, was it that you got in an accident, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a horrible accident after leaving your place. So what's interesting is I'd love to like go into the story of the accident and how we both experienced it. Cause um, I remember we were all hanging out at my place. We had a little like camp out sleepover friend thing the night before. And you guys were all going to a hike, right? At Smith Rock? Yes. Yeah, we were yep. driving up north. So I remember my my memory of the accident was like, we were all hanging out in the morning. We made breakfast. You guys were like taking a while to get out of the house, which was funny. You're like going and eating like leftover things from the grill and whatever from the night before. <laughs> and it took you a while to get going. And as you were leaving, I remember like the car before you had already left with a group of our friends and you were <laughs> still taking a little bit longer. And it's so interesting, the timing of it. I always looked back on because you're like, you know, putting your things away in your truck and getting on the road and I remember I, I watched the first car leave and like felt you know followed them out the driveway and I went to go back inside and something in me like told me to stay and I stayed and I watched you drive down I was you know in the country watch you drive down this long dirt road and I just like followed you the whole way and it was so interesting looking back on it because it f feels like something in me knew to just kind of watch over you in that moment and just like really take it in. Um, and really, I was like looking at all the details of your truck and everything. Um, and then I remember, I'll just finish my experience of the accident. I was sitting there painting and I always, um, your dad has always come through for me as like a red aura over you, like this kind of rainbow over you. And I was sitting and I had this sheet of rainbows that I had painted a few days prior and I went to go start another one and I just did the first, like the outline of the red for the rainbow. Um, and I got the call that you had been in this accident. So it felt like everything was just so divinely timed. And I remember I got the call from our friend Andrew. I get off the call and I saw the call time. It lasted a minute. Like it was like a minute and 23 seconds. So one, two, three. 
and then I I plugged in the coordinates he sent me coordinates of where to go to meet you guys and it was like my ETA was 123 and it was like all these things started lining up immediately that I was like this sucks and I don't know why but I just like we're all here together and we're right where we're meant to be and everything's gonna be okay so yeah that was my experience of it I know obviously you have a wild story <laughs> yeah and let me just add you mentioned the detail about the red just if people don't know the truck I had was a bright red truck um which also um my dad had passed away in a car accident um in 2020 and i felt like when i saw that red truck i purchased it shortly after his passing um it also felt like him coming through in a sense because he was very um he loved his cars he had a red acura nsx that was like very iconic for him and I don't know there was something about the red that always felt significant and tied to him just from the beginning um so it's interesting that even in the accident you felt that come through again um but yeah just to kind of walk through my experience i remember we left your place it was a little before noon so you're right it did take us a long time to get out of there and that would make sense if you got the call around one and you showed up at 123 but um yeah we were caravanning my best friend from childhood andrew and uh, his girlfriend karina and then karina's cousin maddie were all in one vehicle in front of me so i was following them leo. and uh, <laughs> oh and leo yes the dog um, can't forget leo but anyway the the four of them were driving in front of me and just to kind of bring in the intuition part of it I guess I'll jump to Andrew's perspective prior to the accident because he had this deep feeling um, probably 60 seconds before I crashed that he was going to crash. He felt this really, really intense. I don't know if it was a fear or an intuitive. Maybe he maybe he was, you know, sensing that something was going to happen to me, but it was just not as clear to him what was specifically going to happen. Um, and then tying in the red again um we were on the phone me and andrew while we were caravanning we were talking and we were talking in sort of this radio speak as a joke like as if we were talking on normal radios and my call sign to him you know i was calling myself red dragon and um there's another part of this story after the accident that 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 red dragon theme comes back again um, which is kind of a trip. But anyway, I was calling myself Red Dragon and I was even joking, I think about 30 or 40 seconds, I made a joke to them over the phone about me crashing, um, which I think is so wild. And backing up two weeks before the crash, um, Andrew was talking to our other really good friend from childhood, Max. And Max said he had a vision that something horrible happened to me. Um, but although horrible, I was going to be okay. Um, so that's exactly how it played out. Basically, um, I don't need to get into the really deep details of what happened, but essentially a car lost a wheel, um, on the highway. It was heading the opposite direction of me. Wheel came straight from my truck, went underneath my truck. I bounced, lost control, 
and I rolled off the highway going about 65 miles an hour. It's a fast speed to roll. And um, I'm just extremely lucky that nothing was in my way because I rolled about three times, I think, um, before coming to a stop. And I just, I remember pretty immediately knowing I was fine. Like I, I remember as soon as the vehicle stopped rolling, I was like, I'm okay. And it was almost like a victory. Like the, the feeling I had, I think it was a combination of adrenaline and probably just shock, shock at my truck being destroyed because I, I knew that that was the second thought I was like, Oh, this is totaled. <laughs> but I knew immediately, like, I'm pretty sure I'm fine. And that alone, I, I remember being pretty elated because um, the whole event was kind of blurry for me, but I do remember a specific moment of while I was rolling, seeing the windshield completely shattered. So I couldn't see anything. And I remember I was continuing to roll and I just remember that there was a moment of fear, um, but that fear quickly turned into that elation as soon as I stopped and knew like, Oh, I'm okay. And I remember saying myself, saying to myself, that's it like that's it i think that was in reference to my life on the road like oh that's over that's the end of it but also that's it like that's all that's going to happen to me in this accident like no more no more extreme no more in, no injury you know as far as i knew um and you know it was scary but i think probably the scarier place to be was in Andrew and Karina and Maddie's position being in the vehicle and witnessing the crash. Um, because I was shouting on the phone, um, prior to the accident and during it. So they, they knew something was up. And as soon as they heard me, they looked in their mirrors and turned around and they, they saw me rolling and there was a brief period, probably a minute or two. I don't know because time's weird, <laughs> but, um, between them seeing the crash and then coming to me. So they, they all had no idea, you know, I wasn't speaking on the phone. All they could hear was the horn, um, of the truck. So to them, they had no idea. Was I conscious? Was I alive? Et cetera. So I just, I, I wasn't in that position and I don't know how scary it must've been for them. Um, but yeah, they, they were right there and I left the truck, walked out of it with just a few cuts and scrapes and obviously the truck was totaled all of my stuff all of my possessions were like thrown around the grass and <laughs> i wasn't there but i remember a few of the people that were helping pick up my stuff were like what was this guy doing like why does he have all this stuff <laughs> like <laughs> because you know it's like my clothes my stove my pots and pans my mugs my um camera gear my backpack i don't know it's just a big debris field it's like kind of funny when you look at it, there were like, there was like toilet paper and um, paper towels thrown about and blueberries. I was going to say, don't forget the blueberries were just everywhere. Yeah. There were blueberries all over the place. Um, <laughs> smashed avocados. Uh, I remember this one photo. You can see my truck in the background and in the foreground, there's just a Greek yogurt, like upside down in the grass. <laughs> That's, and, yeah very very fitting <laughs> yeah and like i know it's kind of silly that we're laughing at it but like i think you kind of have to to some degree because there it is a little funny you know it would be different oh, yeah. if i was not okay but 
I don't know if we ever told you, like when we found the box of condoms and they were like off <laughs> like under a tree and we were like, uh, <laughs> it's just yeah, like it's funny. Like <laughs> I don't know if I ever told you this, but they weren't mine. That's the funniest really? part. Is Andrew, Andrew and Karina <laughs> were like, oh, we found your condoms. And I was like, I'm 99% <laughs> sure I didn't have any in my truck. <laughs> that's so good so, i i think about you often when i like survey the things that i have in my van traveling around because i'm like if something ever happens like people people are gonna think some things about me and that's okay but <laughs> it's just funny to think of like the things that you carry around if you turn your life inside out like what happened to you really um what what's there mm-hmm. yeah but um so there's a few little uh details too from the story that i remember and one of the reasons that i pointed out to um to share leo in the story was <laughs> before the accident i don't know if you mentioned this when you were like trying to get their attention you're like oh if i like do you think i'd get leo leo's attention if i crashed into you and wasn't yes. that like one of the last things that you said before the accident exactly yeah i was like i remember i rolled down the window and i pulled up next to them because it was a two-lane highway and i like rolled down the window and i screamed because i was trying to get leo's attention i wanted him to see me and he <laughs> he totally didn't like he was just in the back of the car and then so yeah i made that joke i was like you think leo would notice if i crashed into you guys and then andrew was like yeah that's a good idea and then i remember saying this is red dragon crashing and um, um and, I, and i have all of this on dash cam footage so it's all yeah. it's all we have proof that was the other thing i was going to mention was like it's so interesting how life lines up that way like as if it were some big orchestrated play that we're a part of because um it was like six months prior maybe or however long that you were in just a fender bender and that's what inspired you to get the dash cam which would which caught this whole accident and you wouldn't have had the footage or you know all of that to be able to tell this story so exactly. yeah yeah it was like december and the accident was may so yeah exactly just about six months before i had installed the dash cam and i actually remember laying on the ground right after the accident like telling the people i was like the people that you know bystanders that came up to me including andrew i remember saying like i have a dash cam so it's somewhere find it because i got that on on camera i remember like you know as as weird of a day and as rough of a day it was that was like a huge deal to me like knowing that i captured the crash um just to be able to hold on to it uh, and i remember actually going back emily to your place the airbnb after the crash it was the first place i went i was straight after the hospital and i remember first seeing the dash cam footage on my phone and i just remember i could not stop watching it i just like over and over i kept watching it because i was like holy shit like that's me <laughs> you know <laughs> and this and this just happened like today and here i am sitting on your couch mm -hmm. totally oh you know mostly fine <laughs> so yeah. and and the fact that i can share the video with people too and like it is hard to watch i think for some people and some people are like are you okay watching that and and for me i am i'm, I'm actually really happy um to have it so yeah yeah i remember i remember that experience of watching you watch it because i felt so uncomfortable watching it because i'm like this is his whole life and like 
your dad dying, like all of the emotion that comes up from this one event is just insane. And to watch you, I was so inspired by the way that you moved through the healing journey after this. Um, Cause it wasn't even like, I mean, it was a little over a month before you got your new truck, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So my accident was May 7th and by June 1st, I had a new truck. So it was less than a month. With, yeah. Wild. And then you went down to get this new camper that you're sitting in. Um, yeah. But I remember like over those weeks, like I, you know, was checking in on you and you're staying with our friends down in Paisley, best place on earth. <laughs> and, um, shout I out. just remember, <laughs> shout out Paisley, Oregon, Pioneer Saloon, what up? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just remember like, I was very worried about you because I'm like, is he just like avoiding some emotion here? Like, is he actually okay? Like you just, you were so quick to accept, at least from my perception, it seemed like you were very quick to accept while really what I had witnessed, like was, it really felt like this, just like divine intuition it was almost like you knew that this was going to happen somehow you knew that you were going to be okay you knew that life would go on like it just was this like deep knowing underneath it all that led to this acceptance of everything as it happened in real time it wasn't like a delayed you know emotional response or anything you've just you've been okay since it happened and it's wild and very inspiring to me yeah yeah i think there was this part of me that knew like because my life was on the road for nine months i was living out of that truck everything i owned was in that truck um and it was like pretty much all i had and i think there was a part of me that mourned losing the truck itself um and still i do like i look back at photos of it and i'm like oh i miss i miss that like i was gonna have that for 10 years in my mind there was a grieving process for that but i think i think again like you said i i just knew like oh this is opening the door right like there's so there's other vehicles out there there's other rigs other campers that maybe they're going to be even cooler than my old setup like maybe there was just deep knowing in that instance that it would work out i'd find another vehicle and then i'd get back on the road and exactly like you said like a month later somehow i was in this new truck and then two weeks after that new camper uh you know within six weeks of the accident i was riding around in a brand new rig that you know to me is i wouldn't say it's better than the old truck but definitely an upgrade um, because it's newer and there's more space and yeah there was this part of me that just knew that was coming it was like, oh, I know that that's what I deserve, if if that makes sense. Like, I, I felt um, there was no doubt that it wasn't going to work out. And mm -hmm. I think that's what made it, you know, that's what allowed me to move forward. But I think another detail that I need to mention is the fact that I was in such good company, too. Like, I had this immediate support of my friends who not only witnessed the accident but were there on the scene and then were there for me after the fact so i think that also made it a lot easier i remember the night the night of the crash um and i'm not sure if i ever shared shared this with you emily but um i was laying in bed and i was my body was shaking like i was like it was like as if i was cold i was shivering it felt like 
I remember being like, I don't know what's happening to my body. Like I, I felt like maybe I was still in shock. And I think that's what was happening. Um, I think that little bit of shock caught up with me later in the night. And I actually had to knock on Andrew's door at like 1am and wake him up. And I was like, Hey, can you feel my heartbeat? And my heart rate was really fast. I was like kind of shivering, even though it was warm in the house and I was under blankets and stuff. Um, and I just remember like I had to get the reassurance from Andrew, like that I wasn't dying or something because I was worried. I was like, I just went through this thing. Like, I don't know, like maybe I injured myself and didn't know. And now I'm slowly dying is what my, my thought process was, but he was just, he was pretty good. He was like, no, it's, I think you're just still a little shocked and it feels like your adrenaline is still going. And this is long after the crash. Um, but just just to kind of tie in that that red theme again um and to bring this back to the intuition i remember we were uh at what was the name of that bookstore in bend the one with like the work area dudley's yes dudley's in bend and um this was like i don't know a week or so after the crash um and there's you know how in a bookstore there's you know typically they've got the shelves of books and then occasionally they'll put out ones on display with the cover facing out um i remember upstairs they had this one book with the cover facing out and it just said red dragon and then i looked even closer and it's this kind of abstract image like almost a cartoon image and you can kind of make out what looks like the cab of a pickup truck and it's all like kind of this rough texture like dirt almost and that ties into the actual accident because when i crashed the truck there was dirt everywhere like dirt the, the truck essentially shoveled dirt inside of itself while i was rolling and so um there's photos of me in the hospital and you can see there's like dirt all over my shoulders and i remember being in the hospital and they gave me a cup and i like rinsed my mouth and spit out and all this dirt came out from inside of my mouth um and yeah i just remember seeing that image being like why is that so why does that feel like the accident you know the dirt the truck the name and the red again it's wild as we tell this story i'm like remembering more and more of what happened and how it continues to expand and teach us um because i remember before the accident i was meditating and connecting your dad was, is when he started first coming through for me in meditation, he's been such a guide for me and my intuition. Um, and he came through and he shared three things because I was asking him, like, why did I meet Blake? And what's going on? Why are you here in my meditation now? And whatever. And he told me three things. And he said, you will be together a long time journeying and you will know. And then it was like a week later that the accident happened. And I remember when I shared the three things with you, you mentioned how before the accident, you were really into watching near-death experiences on YouTube. And you said something about how like in a lot of near-death experiences, they come, they remember three things. Is that right? Um, I don't think, I don't think three things specifically, um, but there, there's, there's so much to it, but go ahead. Go yeah, on. <laughs> there's something to that. So I, I just remember like the you will know came through and then it was a week later that the accident happened. And then I remember like months later, I connected you to this past life experience that I had like a year prior where you died suddenly. And I realized that that's why like when the accident happened, you 
I, I remember I kept texting you and checking in like, you still alive? Like I would wake up in the morning and be like, is he still alive? Like, did he, did he make it through that? Was that a dream? Is that real? Like whatever. Um, because I had that past life experience where you died. So it just, it's interesting how it continues to unfold. Um, and the lesson that I continue to learn and something that I learned from you in general is like grounding everything into reality, into the present. Um, Cause we can go up and experience all these things like from the spiritual realm or intuition and everything of like all those messages, like the messages from your dad, the messages from that other lifetime and everything. And that all can be real and we can go up there and experience that. Um, but when I was caught up there, when I was caught in that other lifetime of experiencing you where you died suddenly and it was really tragic, it made the reality of you right now being here really intense. Then I was questioning like, is he still alive? Is he still real? Um, so I just wanted to touch on that because I think you and I talked about this recently of the the experience of like tapping into sort of spirit realm and imagination um, and how we build that into grounding. And I think the example of your accident is so hugely telling of your ability to just ground your intuition so naturally. Like it, that's like <laughs> such a natural part of who you are is just this grounded intuition. At least that's my perception of you. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you have anything to stand on there, but it just, it has been such a big teaching for me, knowing you and grounding, grounding all of that, <laughs> all of the knowings that we can have and, and the spiritual connections that we can have into the present moment. Yeah, I think the accident is a good example of there there was definitely this spiritual element to it, right? And and I mean that's like so much of what we're talking about now. Um we're not talking about the like you know, we're not talking about the details of like you know, I guess I told briefly like how fast I was going and all those like real world details or whatever. Um but I think I think I needed that bit of like grounded sort of like what's my plan here like what's what's next i still remember like laying in bed in paisley one night and like i had this vision right like this this kind of ins maybe call it intuition or inspiration but i remember being like okay well i'll get this new truck which is the one i'm in right now and i found this camper on craigslist down in arizona so i was like i kind of kind of have to put the two pieces together um, but I remember feeling so much relief because I was like, that's a plan. There's like a, there's a solid, like few steps that I can take to get myself to that, you know, to that vision. Right. And I think that's a really good example of, you know, I had this sort of, um, you know, in, in my mind's eye, I saw this, this future for myself and there was that imagine imaginative part that had to play a role but then also i was like well then logistically here's what i can do to make it happen um and you know i think that's what made the whole process work out so well was there is this balance of you know thinking ahead and thinking of the future and dreaming right dreaming of what's next but then also sort of like keeping grounded like staying like staying open as well not not 
there was no part of me that was like this is how it needs to go like i need this vehicle and this camper it was just an idea and it it made me excited so i moved towards that um but still then i remember even going down to pick up the camper i wasn't totally made up in my decision yet i was like i'm gonna see this if it feels right i'll take it but it wasn't like from the beginning this is how it needed to work out so yeah i think it was a good and also just in terms of the accident too um i think there were times where i did think about it i kind of got stuck a lot of times the kind of up in that more spiritual place of like what does this mean you know like what is the significance of this and i think there was this part of me that needed to figure it out and after a certain while um i've kind of come to the conclusion and this is the more grounded side of like you know what like you won't figure it out in one instance like this is probably going to be an ongoing thing right and like maybe you'll see the spiritual significance of this at the end of your life, you know, or it might just be slowly piecing together over time. Um, and like, there are obviously things that we can say conclusively about it in terms of its significance spiritually, but still it is kind of this like mysterious event in my life when I look back on it, as much as we can make sense of it in our human form. Yeah, I think that's such a, I, I love what you talked about with um, how to move forward after an event like that too. Um, so it's something that I definitely learned from you and it inspired me last year because I was Airbnb hopping and after the accident and after watching more than the accident, it was like your response to the accident, how you moved through it all, how you like, you know, had that vision for this new truck and then brought that vision into reality. Um, it inspired me to flow through my own lesson of detachment and like learning what I need and letting life show me what I need. So I let go of the way that I was living life and Airbnb hopping and started, I was like, I had a few weeks between Airbnbs that I opened up for myself so I could just live out of a tent and see what it would feel like to live out of a tent. And I fucking loved it. (laughs) And then after my Airbnb was up because I had one booked already in Vancouver and after that one was up last year, I went two months living out of a tent and it's like, I, that'll be a time in my life that I can't, like, I always look back on how special it was. And I feel that about even the way that I live today. It's just like every day should feel that special. Um, And I learned that from you and like how we can really simplify our lives and let life show us what we need while still having that dream. Like you have that dream for the truck and then you let life, you know, I think it was like the the dealership when you went in there, you had this dream for the truck and it was like, somehow all these trucks are like, they can't get this vehicle in many places, but somehow you were in the right place and they were able to get it there within a certain window of time. And like everything just, it was like life is showing you like, yep, you, you can have this. Yeah, um, the specific truck that I wanted to buy I remember I found an Excel sheet of every Toyota dealership in the country and it had all their websites. And I like dug through, I didn't go through everyone in the country, but I dug through every single dealership in Oregon and in the state of Arizona and only found one other truck that was the same specs, except it wasn't, it wasn't the green color. 
um it was like a gray or something and it was down in arizona and i remember i called and they, they like some logistical thing i wasn't able to purchase it so yeah of all of those two states every single dealership the one that kind of caught my eye and fit all the criteria was the one right in bend which you know was still two and a half hours from paisley where where i was staying at the time but still i was kind of like what are the odds and yeah. they told me it was going to take 40 days to show up they said 30 to 40 days because it was on its way to the dealership and i think they called me like 11 days in and they were like hey it's here so, um and and i think i i just remember that time period just the excitement and again like talk about how you know things are meant to happen in a certain way i look back on that post accident pre-truck early truck time you know in it was roughly a month three, three weeks to a month in oregon and it like is one of the best times of my life like one of the some of the best memories um with some of the best people in such a special place so like that wouldn't i mean i was already spending some time there but that wouldn't have happened in the way it did you know if it wasn't for the accident and i mean we talk about paisley all the time like we reminisce so so much on it and a you know we were all together at points in time there but also i don't know it was just such a unique time in all of our lives where we we're kind of all doing our own things um yet we were all together and just all in one place which i think is so crazy because now we're like thousands of miles apart across the globe <laughs> <laughs> it's true you know uh, what i just was thinking about as you're talking about that was like as special as paisley is this is not a not a hit on paisley but i wonder if like our experience of Paisley is so much more special because of the perspective that we had on like what it means to be alive right then. You literally mm -hmm. lost everything, you lost your home and you know, somehow where your guitar, and there were a lot of things that were still intact after the accident, but yeah. you know, your life was totally flipped upside down and it was like this gift of rebirth happening there. And I remember I still, I go back and I have these um, sound recordings on my phone because I just took recordings of like what it sounded like to just exist in that home. Like hearing the hum of the refrigerator as you were playing guitar in one room and Karina was doing the dishes. Like the tiniest, simplest of moments became the most pure and the, the most precious while we were all there. And I, and like the way that the sunlight would come into the kitchen while we're cooking dinner and there are so many special things and I love, I love to think about that time because it reminds me to bring that into every day. Um, Cause I think we were just so acutely aware of like what it means to be alive and really breaking it down to the simplicity of it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also I think there was an element of like, we were coming out of the winter and it was springtime and it was this, yeah, like new rebirth, you know, new life is kind of how when i think about it, that's like the sense that's like the feeling i feel when i think back um and like just beautiful you know everything was turning green the aspen trees outside were green again and i remember going to the river and doing that river drive and it was just like the hillsides were just turning green and it was like and then of course <laughs> the truck the new truck is green you know <laughs> 
like there's this total rebirth yeah there's this really cool photo i think andrew took of my old truck driving down this one road towards paisley um and it's from the rear and you can see the red truck and then you can see the landscape and it's all a little bit gray because it's sort of late winter early spring and then karina um took a photo of the new truck as we were doing that same drive she got it in the same exact place and so it goes from red truck to green truck but then you look at the landscape too and the whole landscape is a lot greener you know and um and, and another another part of the whole story of getting the new vehicle uh that I think is significant is <clears throat> I remember being in Paisley in the time between I had already looked or I'd already learned about the prospect of the green truck. This is the one that I'm in now, but I wasn't, there was no part of me that had decided right away that that's the one I was going to get. It was just an option at the time. And I remember being in Paisley and like going through the pockets of this jacket right here behind me. And there was this sticker of a green truck with like, mountains and trees and stuff behind it and i don't even remember when i bought that sticker or where it came from but i remember looking at it and there is this like intuitive feeling like okay that means that i'm probably that's probably how this is gonna go it's gonna go to the i'm gonna get the green truck um it wasn't like i decided in that time it was just there was this deeper knowing my gut told me like oh that's probably gonna work out <laughs> that's and then here amazing. we are yeah so i'd love to hear like how things are going now and how the past like if the past ever comes up and how that forms the future or like have you been able to just fully let go and move on or yeah like how things are going for you now yeah it's funny how life works right because like i've had I've had some challenges over the last, I've been in this new truck now for just over a year. Um, and I'm sort of at a transition in my life where I've been traveling on the road for nearly two years and I have absolutely loved the shit out of it. And I've met so many amazing people, had all these incredible experiences. Um, but i've been really really missing just a sense of belonging in a place right and a sense of community and so i'm kind of you know at this transition of wanting to settle not necessarily settle down i don't like that word settle but like <laughs> you know like just like plant some roots down and and it doesn't mean that it's forever it just means that i, I i'm kind of craving being in one place and building a community and having a proper house, you know, this thing is great, but, um, you know, I'm doing dishes, you know, next to a Creek most days and, um, you know, bumming, bumming tea shop Wi-Fi and stuff. And there's a fun, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of fun to that, but I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm, my intuition is telling me that I should slow down, right. I should kind of take a break and that's what it is. It's a, not necessarily like I'm getting the road is never there again um, because I'll keep the rig and I'll still take trips and maybe two years down the line, I get back on the road full time, maybe in this truck, maybe in another rig. Um, so I'm open to all these new possibilities. However, there's this part of me that feels a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get to this place where I'm like, oh, I got to figure all these things out, you know, like it feels daunting. And then it's so funny because I have to remind myself of what happened last year and the fact that like 
literally it was worst case scenario and i figured it out it worked out and so in a lot of ways i'm really happy to have that to call back on um when things do get challenging and to just remind myself like okay you made it through that and you put the pieces back <laughs> together so like you're in a way better position now because you don't have to get a new car you know <laughs> you're not homeless you know in the same sense that you were because I, I had no place to go other than, than the paisley house which thank god for that because i don't know where else i would have gone um you know i mean i probably would have had to just airbnb it or fly home or something and that would have made it a lot more challenging but i've had conversations with andrew too where i've been in a hard place and he's even been like dude remember how great you picked up the pieces last year like you're totally capable you know, like you will figure it out. But it's just funny how life, you know, you can you can hit a challenge or a difficult situation and like forget, you know, mm -hmm. like things usually work out. And so, so I think human. <laughs> yeah. And I think just to tie this back into intuition, I think I think I was very in touch with it after the accident. And I think in this current situation, I need to sort of call back on call back to that intuition. Um, and that's mm -hmm. sort of where I'm at now. It, it almost feels like I've lost a little bit of touch with it. And so I'm, I'm trying, not trying, I am sort of leaning back into it. And that's kind of been my approach is I'm in Flagstaff now. I'd love to live here. I'm not, but it's not like I have to live here. This is the place. It's like, I'm just here and I'm just kind of feeling it out. And it feels good. Like I've been walking around downtown and just, it feels right to be here. Um, but I need to just trust that the right, the right opportunities will come because it's hard to find a place here. It's kind of expensive. Um, you know, the jobs aren't that abundant. But, you know, if you focus too much on, on those elements, right, and, and this is kind of like the balance of intuition and or the, you know, imagination and groundedness, right? Like, if you're too grounded, you could make the logical argument that like oh it's so tough to make it by here um but like that's silly because i think that's just gonna only limit you i think the best thing to do is obviously like don't like i'm not gonna just like stay here for a year <laughs> and not have a place you know and just but i i think it's it's important to remind myself you'll figure it out and it doesn't need to be here the same thing with the truck like it felt right so i moved in that direction and just to let the other pieces fall into place and yeah that's what i'm doing it's still tough though because again like been here for like i don't know a week or so and i like go downtown i go to coffee shops and like i'm like oh it'll be so cool i'll make friends and i haven't made a friend yet <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, it, I just kind of sit alone and feel like, oh, wait, I'm, I kind of feel like a like a loner here. <laughs> like all these people have their little groups and I'm just like sitting here looking at them like, oh, I wish I was talking to them. <laughs> Creeping on the other friend groups. I mean, a week is also a very short time. Um, oh, yeah. Some, something that came up while you were talking was like that I practice this with myself, too and any anywhere that i'm living any type of living that i'm doing or whatever 
like so often in life we can find ourselves like reaching out and be like I need more kind of aspect or like I don't have everything that I need right now and it's like actually you are already living this dream that you've made for yourself of living in Flagstaff though it's not like having a place to park every night like that will come or maybe you'll find a place that you like to park frequently and you know that'll that can be the transition into staying there i know we love the safeway parking lot there what up <laughs> yep. um but yeah i think i don't know i i just i love the perspective that you have on it and how you continue to balance that like groundedness with imagination and not to limit yourself i like how you mentioned that too like when you can when you get caught being too grounded you might not you might limit your dreams you might limit the possibilities so it's like just this this game of um kind of rat in the waves um i also want to touch back on how you said you feel a little out of touch with your intuition um because i know we've talked about over the, the years of living life on the road we've shared a lot of stories of how living nomadically and living this way really tests your intuition and i feel that it strengthens your intuition um so i'm curious from your perspective of like what's been coming up for you lately that makes it feel like you're out of touch with your intuition um and then also like when you are off from your intuition like what does it feel like what's that experience for you yeah i think i think that is like more on a day-to-day -day basis of like living nomadically and not having a normal job you kind of have to make you kind of have to fill your time and plan your days right um well you don't have to but like in order for them to flow you, you sort of have to have an idea of like okay today i'm gonna work you know and then this day i'm gonna go explore a little bit and lately i've just been sort of waking up every day like what's the plan today where like what's what am i gonna do and in a lot of ways it does test my intuition in the sense of like i'll be sitting in my truck like literally in the driver's seat like where am i gonna drive to right now is it the coffee shop is it the gym is it the forest and i don't know that's there's been a little bit more a lot more of those moments since i've been here and i think it's because i have slowed down i'm not driving to a new place all the time i think that's one thing that actually is like it's great and it's also not so great about the road is that you can sort of distract yourself by just being like oh i'm gonna go to this new place and explore and and that's great that's a huge value of of it's the huge benefit of of being able to live this way um but i feel like since i've slowed down here it's like on a day-to-day -day basis it's like what am i supposed to do today you know um and a lot of times what i'll do is i think what what's good to sort of kind of bring that intuition back is to just do something just head in a certain direction and then there have been a lot of times where i'm like do i go to the gym do i go to the coffee shop and then i'll just start driving to the gym or to the creek and i'm like oh this is what i'm supposed to do this feels good or the other way around you know it's like something feels off like is this the right decision and i think that's a little bit of, that's like a strategy for me to kind of test test if where i'm going is is right for me in my gut you know i think listening to your gut is huge in terms of intuition like i remember this um 
and we can touch we can talk more about this it might be a whole nother conversation but i remember i got invited to um go on this big adventure in death valley um and huge huge i don't know how to describe it just bit off more <laughs> than we could chew to get in there um borderline dangerous situation um just a lot of off-road super remote driving and i just remember on the way there like i felt nauseous i felt like like my gut was like twisted in a knot and it was like my body was screaming to me like this this is going to be a stressful situation you know um it wasn't necessarily like don't go but it was like you're in for something here, you know? And that's exactly what happened. I, I felt it in my gut and then I showed up and it turned into a pretty intense situation pretty quickly. So. <laughs> and what, what is the, what's the sort of like backlash for you or the experience of like, when you go against your intuition, what does it feel like for you? I think like for me, when I go against my intuition, I, I can get a little bit angry at myself or I can go through different emotions. It's a lot of times like, you know, reflecting back in of like, wow, that sucked or whatever. And I try to um, let go of that self-talk that's going on and just say like, you know, sometimes we need to go against our intuition to remind us what it feels like to listen, what it feels like to be alive in our light and in our way of being. Um, but I'm curious for you, like how I know it was, kind of tricky afterwards um and just curious what it feels like for you when you go against your intuition and um, how that sort of unravels yeah i mean i very similarly i beat myself up a little bit after that event because i was like i knew i was like my body was screaming to me not to go and i ended up exhausting myself like oh, oh, ma mainly physically from that experience because it was just like in the middle of the desert you know um high stress situation long dry long drives um not a lot of sleep you know and so i just like didn't feel great physically and i was kind of a little upset with myself but in the weeks that followed i had to remind myself too that like that was a lesson that was simply a lesson in like you are more aware now in a sense of like that's what it really felt like to go strongly against my intuition. Um, and I think sometimes if you go against it, it can lead to challenges that still can help us move forward. Right. It's not like going against your intuition is always going to be a bad move. Um, I think it just means that it's going to be hard. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we, if we can avoid those challenges, you know, um, just for the, the sake of keeping ourselves, you know, good and happy you know i think that's good but i also think it's okay to be challenged and i've learned certainly from that experience um and i've also learned to listen to my body more because i think your body and intuition is are extremely you know intertwined mm -hmm. yeah i i think what i'm hearing from you too or my experience of it is like it's also important to like take that bird's eye view especially after you go through a challenging time like that of like okay what what just happened what did i learn what's this new perspective um something that i wrote down this morning it's like sometimes like do we 
do we go against our intuition for the lesson? Like, are we sometimes just like going through the same loops? Cause I know we also have talked about the, the pattern of like what happens when I go against my intuition, am I caught in a loop or whatever? And sometimes I'm like, am I just in the same loop? Cause I'm afraid to move on to this next loop. Um, am I doing this for the lesson? And something that I wrote about this morning, I don't know if this analogy actually makes sense, but I wrote like, it's like when your parents trick you into eating a vegetable and it's like when you're really little and you you know that you don't like peas or you don't like broccoli or whatever. And then they're like, oh no, but now it has some like special, like they put salt on it or something. And then they're trying to get you to eat it. And you already know that you don't like it. Like, you know that your body is saying like, no, that's not cool. Um, but then they trick you and you you go and you take it anyway. And then you're just like, no, see, I knew I didn't like it. <laughs> and I, it's almost like, I don't know. I, I just looked at that example of like life can kind of do that sometimes. It's like, oh, but maybe like we put a little bit of glitter on this experience and maybe it'll be better than last time. And it, it just feels like this like elevation of like, you know, you ate the broccoli the first time and it wasn't good. And now you're trying it with salt and it's still not good. <laughs> like, I don't know. And if we relate that to the type of experiences that we go through in life, of like, you know, you go through this challenge and now it's like this challenge, but there's a little bit more on top. I don't, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it just feels like when we go against our intuition, it, it's this gift of like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember what my, what it feels like in my body when I eat that broccoli, I knew that I didn't like it. Or when I see the broccoli now, like at what point do you get in touch with your intuition? And there's all the different senses that kind of come together that teach us to listen. Yeah, I think it's that exactly. I think, I think, I think it's hard to listen. Um, and over time, you learn to listen more and more and maybe you don't go against your intuition for the sake of those lessons. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, I, I guess on the other side of it, I'm also thinking about how it feels when you go against your intuition and not only in your body, but like, I don't know if you feel this way, but like a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, something is misaligned. Right. Um, and it doesn't feel good to be misaligned. Right. I think, I think when you're following your intuition and you feel like you're making the right moves in your life and you're exactly where you need to be, um, you know, that's when you feel that alignment. Right. And I think it's really important to, um, to be aware of when you're aligned and when you're not. And if you're constantly going against your intuition for these, like for the sake of just the challenge and the lesson, then you're spending a lot of your time misaligned. Right. That's how I would view it. Um, mm -hmm. so again, back to you know maybe this is the golden answer to everything is like maybe it is just a balance right like you 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 listen to your intuition as much as you can and sometimes you do go against it and you just have to accept that and learn from it but it can't be every time you know and then you learn to listen better and yeah maybe it's just a matter of the right balance um mm -hmm. and not not being too hard in either direction yeah and it's a choice. I think that's the part of being human is that mm -hmm. it is a choice. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners? I'll close with a poem. Um, but anything else you want to share with the listeners about grounding in intuition? Any um, tips for connecting with intuition? Any practices that you have on just like daily practice of connecting? Um, 
I mean, I feel like just kind of tying this tying this back to my accident and the advice that Andrew gave me is literally my whole world was upside down. I lost my home. It was the worst case scenario. Like I remember traveling on the road and being like, you know, I just had this, like, I imagine like all it takes is somebody running a red light and hitting your vehicle to kind of end this all for you. But it wasn't the end, you know? And again, just to like tie it back into what Andrew told me, like you, you can pick up the pieces always. And um, I think having, having friends and support allowed me to kind of just like trust my intuition more having a stable base, you know, having a stable living situation made it easier. Um, but that said, like, no matter how challenging and how, like, I could have just told myself, this is, this is the end. Like my, this, I have to go home now. I have to get a job and go back to normal life. Um, but I was able to figure it out. So I guess, I guess my advice, and it's not necessarily like related to leaning more into your intuition. Um, but it's just that you, you can figure it out. And I think intuition is a big part of that, obviously. Um, but yeah, literally worst case scenario. And then things turned out beautifully within six weeks. So, yeah, which and, is amazing. And patience too. I think patience, um, maybe one day, maybe one day you're not, you're not sure what you need or what you want or where you, where you, where you want to go. Um, but sometimes just sleep wake up the next day and you might have a completely new perspective. You might wake up and be like, Oh, I need to do this. I've had that happen to me so many times. And I know it's a cliche, like sleep on it. But I think, <laughs> I think there, I think there is value in that because like, for me, I didn't know what the future looked like specifically with the truck, but like kind of every night, every morning, I'd like have a new little insight and the pieces kind of slowly came together. So beautiful. And I'm just realizing I'm a little bit sad that we are ending without a your mom or that's what she said. She said joke or anything like that. What we need Karina for. We never once call each other brother. It's true. Man, there's always there's always more to come. Yes. Yeah, this is just our little break the ice podcast. Maybe um maybe it gets a little more silly next time. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm gonna end on a kind of poetic write that I did. Um, so to share a backstory on this, uh, Blake and I were a part of a meditation group. It was a week after your accident that we did this meditation group, and um, Angela, who's leading the meditation, she um, guided. There were maybe like ten to fifteen of us all connecting virtually over Zoom. And she was guiding all of us through this meditation to send this healing energy to Blake and to all of us um, through the accident. And what she did was she um, told us to imagine as if we were all inhaling collectively, we're inhaling the um, darkness and the like challenge from this trauma and a tragedy and everything. We're inhaling darkness and we're exhaling light. So we're all transforming this tragedy into light. Um, so this poem, and I don't know, Blake, before I go into the poem, if you want to share your experience of that at all, because um, I remember it was 
really profound for me to experience that like that collective healing together um after the accident but such a special moment yeah no that was that was so it really validated the experience for me in a sense of like here's these people that i've never met right you know over a zoom call that are like you could you could feel the compassion right you could feel that they were like oh my god i'm so sorry you know they could like it it made me like it made me almost tear up i remember during those calls being like oh there's so much love here you know and and again i remember coming back from in the car with andrew and like having the accident happen he kind of opened up to me like dude he was like you're like one of my best friends i can't imagine if i lost you there's so many people that love you and then coming into that call and being in paisley surrounded and in a way there's like yeah it's very fitting to what you're about to share because it was like tragedy but then as a result so much love comes you know comes out of it there was all that light that came out from having that darkness for a little bit um and it, the the light for sure outweighed the darkness of that event you know so yep. yeah so cool thank you for sharing your experience too um okay so the poem goes love knows no time it just is i love a stranger on the streets just as i love the birds singing their orchestra up in the trees i love you without knowing you without needing to know you just as you are i love you my love for you only deepens with every breath we take together as one. Inhaling and exhaling each other's trauma, each other's light, brought right back to our being, which is love. I love you. I love you just as the stars do, as they twinkle in your eyes. I love you to the ocean blues and the peaceful sunrise. I love you just as you are. All that you bring, all that you carry, all that you are. I love you. I love you deeply with gratitude. I love you. Thank you so much, Blake, for joining this podcast. It was so special to have you. Thank you listeners for tuning in this month. And if you like this little tune that's happening right now, Blake was actually the one that wrote this back in Paisley last year. Pretty fun and full circle moment here. We will see you all at the next new moon. Love you.